Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's 2 p.m. in Memphis. Giannato and Jeffrey time. Get off the fence. Live on Memphis's Sports Station. 92.9 FM ESPN. Welcome, welcome to the Giannotto and Jeffrey Show. Coming to you live from Memphis, Tennessee. My name is Jeffrey Wright. You can follow me on Twitter at jwright929ESPN. Dennis Fuller's producing the program. Forrest Gladdy is with us. Mark's going to join us via the phone in just a moment. It's Monday, so we'll get into the overreactions. We'll start with the Grizzlies and the Tigers. 240, Jason Munns will join the program. We'll get into Tiger basketball with... Muns, as we do each and every Monday. Mark will rejoin the program during hour number two. We'll get into the list. We'll see if we get a Stephen Adams update from Grizzlies practice. We'll monitor that situation. We'll do all of that during hour number two. But now let's welcome to the program the Commercial Appeals Lead Sports Columnist, the Lead Sports Columnist of the number one sports section in the state of Tennessee. Top three sports columnist in the state of Tennessee. Barely. Tied for eighth, best sports columnist in the United States of America. He's on Twitter, at MGNato. Mark, good day, sir. Well, it is a good day, Jeffrey. Another day closer to getting out of uh, quarantine. quarantine. Yeah. Um, only, a, I think tomorrow will be my last day stuck inside uh, stuck inside my house. So that'll be great news. <laughs> great news indeed. I swear to God, the quarantine length got longer. No, well, it's like five days. So, you know. I thought you said this time they told you seven. Well, it's five to seven days. It's like uh, you can. can Oh, that's scientific. (laughs) Well, because I'm now at the point where, like, you know, I'm kind of totally healthy and kind of just counting down the day. You know, like pre COVID. I'd probably, you know, like, yeah, I'd be back at work. You know what I mean? But, you know, because I got, I got I popped a positive for COVID, there's certain, you know, protocols, especially with, you know, our corporate overlords, my corporate overlords at Gannett. You know, I don't want to be, you know, like, ultimately, like, I would love to, for instance, go cover the Grizzlies-Lakers game tomorrow night. At the same well, you time, would, you would have liked to have covered both games this weekend in person. Yeah, I would have loved to have been at the Memphis-Cincinnati game. I would have loved to have been at the, uh, the uh, Grizzlies-Nuggets game over the weekend. Indeed, I was planning to be. Um, at the same, But I, I point out the Lakers game because, like, ordinarily, like, in, in, in let's say, 2015, I would, I would go cover that game. But – you know, it's just different now. And then, you know, like, I'm going to be honest, like, ultimately, I don't want to not follow protocol. And then, like, for some reason, one of those players gets COVID or something. And then, like, I'm the reason for that. Like, I would hate that. That would be, like, literally the worst case scenario. This is why me. you don't so test, Mark. Safe than sorry. What? This is why you don't test. 
No, well, yes, I wasn't mm-hmm. planning to, but I had to go to. I had to get. I was. I was actually sick last week, and I had to go to the doctor. And when I went to the doctor, they, you know, they do all sorts of tests when you go to the doctor. And among them was a COVID test. And that was one like, of my my favorite hysterias when people couldn't figure out, they couldn't understand how some people, in order to stay working, wouldn't go get tested. It's like, uh, yeah, they don't want to miss seven days of work. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it, that's what that's how people operate. I had strep throat last week, which is I miserable for the record. For COVID, I don't know, like. I don't think any of my symptoms were related necessarily to COVID. They were related to I had strep throat and I had to get antibiotics for the strep throat, you know? Yeah. And it was an unlucky circumstance. And so, but you know what? I'm almost done with it. I'll be, you know what? I, I'm going to be there for the important game, the Houston game on Sunday. Like that, if I had had to miss that, I would have been really disappointed, but um, I'm not, I'm going to be there on Sunday. So, um, I'm happy about that. All right, it's Monday, so it's overreaction Monday. Where do you want to start? Do you want to start with the Grizzlies or do you want to start with the Tigers? Yeah, why don't we start with the Grizzlies because there is uh, some news out of uh, practice related to uh, Stephen Adams. I, I, guess, I think it's an update. Um, so according to Evan Barnes of the Commercial Appeal, who's uh, down there at FedEx Forum, uh, Taylor Jenkins said uh, that, Steven Adams did his first five-on-five practice right. two days ago, and the Grizzlies are targeting the end of their upcoming four-game road trip for his return to the lineup, provided he continues to respond the right way uh, here. So they play the Lakers on Tuesday, and then they play at Houston Wednesday, and then they play – at Denver, I believe, on Friday, and then they have uh, one of those. Jeffrey, we've we've yeah, we've it's an it's an LA it's an LA stayover stay in yeah. LA trip, uh, which has never been great for these guys. But nonetheless, they play the Lakers and the Clippers in LA uh, over to over a three day span, uh, so a four game road trip. That would seem to suggest to me he's going to come back in LA, right? I, yeah, I mean, if you're saying towards the the end, I would that's, think that's the way the way Jenkins apparently phrased it was towards the end of the road trip. I, the way I kind of look at it is, I think usually when you start five on five, then it's usually tack on another week or so at, at evaluation period. So yeah, that to me makes sense. Yeah, maybe so, in the middle, maybe in the middle of that the LA sli- the the LA trip. Yeah, or you know, I could I could see him playing both LA games, or maybe yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe ease him in and he plays one or the other, you know. Um, but the end is near for the uh, Stephen Adams injury absence. So what? what do you, do you, let's start with the Grizzlies then, because we'll we'll get back yeah. into Stephen Adams and, and what it what it pertains to. But I guess let's start with Saturday night, and mm-hmm. this was, you know, you and I kind of talked over the weekend. What do we what do we make of this? And my overreaction was. I don't have an overreaction. I still feel the exact same way following Saturday that I did after the All-Star break because, I don't know, to me like that was that weird game where they clearly played well and they started to get positive signs. You got Tyus Jones kind of breaking out of a funk. You had Dylan hit, knocking some shots down. Luke Kennard hits four threes. Like, I mean, everyone played well. You, Let's just be real. Every, st- it was like one of those – it was just an onslaught, it felt you like. You know, Ja puts up 23 points in 24 minutes. I mean, it's tough to be a whole lot more efficient than that from Ja. I guess, though, the, the only thing that I kept thinking about was, all right, it didn't matter, but yet again, Jaron gets into a little bit of foul trouble against, you know, a quality big, and Jaron's obviously being asked in that situation to, to do a whole heck of a lot you know, with, with Jokic on the floor. But kind of the way that I, I, I looked at it was you saw things that were encouraging, but I still want to see this team play better from away from home because in the end, this team's been a very good home team. And you know what they came out and showed on Saturday night when they're locked in, motivated, they're a good basketball team. But I wasn't really in the camp that I think all of a sudden they stink. But I, I, Saturday just did not change a whole – a whole lot for me in terms of what I think about this team. Yeah, like I think it was a great win. I don't think it was some sort of statement win. I mean, 
frankly, you know, and and because it didn't ultimately address the deeper issues um, that have plagued this team at times when it has been losing. And so, like, it was a great win. They looked, they came out fired up very clearly. They were the more motivated team in that one, and it showed. Um, and, like, that's not to diminish from the win. Like, they just went out and kicked the Nuggets' ass to the point where the Nuggets basically by the beginning of the third quarter were just like, all right, well, this is just not going to be our night. We are not beating yeah, it, they had you know, They like, had a back-to-back. They were they were returning home to take on the Clippers, and it's like it felt like they were getting ready for that game. Yeah, um, which c- congrats well, to the Grizzlies. Like you put them in that position. You, you know what I mean? Yes, yes, exactly. Um, and you saw, you know, like Dylan Brooks made Jamal Murray's night miserable. I thought, you know, Xavier Tillman did a hell of a job, uh, sort of slowing down Jokic. And you saw, we remember we were talking about it before the game. If, if they were to play, you know, they're going to play that team again, you know, in a few days, um, the approach very clearly was, all right, if Jokic is going to score, he's going to score. But we don't want him, like, setting up all these other yeah, dudes. Fac- facilitating the just easy baskets that he can. Yeah, um, and, and they did a nice job with that. And, you know, the Nuggets did not have Aaron Gordon, um, but at the same time, the Grizzlies didn't have Steven Adams. I thought that was a wash, ultimately, in the personnel department. Um, and so I, it was an encouraging win just because they hadn't beaten up a really good team like that in a while. Like, not even like I – mean, I shouldn't even say like that because that was like – I mean, they, they – I mean, I know the score said it was like 112-94. During the games – during the deciding moments of the game, that game was like 30 points. Yeah, and they hadn't done that in a while. And so that was encouraging. But, you know, here's my overreaction from the game. I kind of would have – I think it would have been more reassuring if the Grizzlies had had beaten the Nuggets by outplaying them in the fourth quarter, like had gone out and won a close game over the Nuggets. I would have felt more – that would have been a more reassuring type of win than the way they ended up beating the Nuggets. Because ultimately, I, I really think now – their biggest issue, because it's the it's the issue. I'm not sure how you know. I don't see a direct correlation between Stephen Adams being out and and this issue. Because like you know, yeah, they've been struggling with rebounding a little bit lately. Well, yeah, because they're missing like one of the best rebounders in the league. Um, On both but, ends of the floor, too. Like you know, what yeah. I mean, he's an he's an he's an outstanding offense and defensive rebounder. But. Their fourth-quarter offense, their half-court offense, has not been great, and it's cost them a bunch of games um, over this, you know, the past couple months. And, you know, until we see what that, you know, until we see them rectify that to a certain extent, it's going to be an area of concern uh, moving forward. And so um, at the same time, it's like, what are you supposed to do? You went out, you know, it's not, you know, the Nuggets have to have to cooperate, you know what I mean, in order to create a close game. And the Grizzlies just went out and whooped them. So, um, and, and the reality, you know, I, we sh- I, I, I hope it probably is coming off as diminishing that, and it shouldn't. Like, they went out and whooped the best team in the West. Um, like, well, that shouldn't be, like, just dismissed. Um, at the same time, you know, like, the nugget, the nugget, Mike Malone, I think, put it best. And I think he's right. Like, people can say this as him making an excuse, but I actually think he's right. Like, the Grizzlies treated that game like a playoff game, and the Nuggets didn't. You know, like, I think that's true, actually, even though, but like, frankly, I think it should have been true. Like, the Grizzlies needed that win a lot more than Denver did, just in terms of confidence and feeling good about themselves. Yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, does this does the performance on Saturday change anything that you think about the Sixers performance? Well, I think you can look at it like this. If you're if you're trying to spin this positive, and this is the most Grizzlies positive show on this station, or at least it it has been. Um, they've basically, if you take out the final five minutes of that Sixers game, they played really quality basketball. They've played really good basketball coming out of the all-star break. Um, and that's a really good – I think that's a good sign. Um, you know, we'll see how it – you know, like 
I want to wait to make a firm judgment until I see the totality of this stretch of games of are they out of whatever funk they were in the last month and a half or so. Um, you know, you've got the Lakers, you've got then Houston, like, you, you know, I, I know I, you'd hope, you'd hope, you know, you can go 2-0 and this next stretch. We'll see if LeBron plays tomorrow. You know, that seems to be up in the air, even though he finished out yesterday's game. Uh, or excuse me, Saturday's game against Dallas. And he said he was going to play uh, all 23. Well, like, to be fair, he hurt his foot. I mean, he did hurt his foot, and he was he was limping, Jeffrey. Uh, he, he was limping, you leaving the arena. You couldn't miss it. Uh, <laughs> um, but we'll see if he plays tomorrow. But, you know, hopefully you can reel off two wins here against L.A. and then a bad Houston team on Wednesday night. Um, and then... You know, we'll see. You know, I think here's why, you know, Denver wasn't up necessarily for this game on over the weekend. I do think they'll be up for the rematch uh, at home. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I think sure. you'll, get, you'll get a much better effort from Denver on the road. And then obviously, as you pointed out earlier, like they had not been good on the road. No, and I mean, to me, when I say it hasn't, my overreaction is I don't have an overreaction. I do think though I'm trending more to trending more towards feeling positive because when I look at to me this this 11 game stretch I was more hesitant to put like they have to go x wins x losses for me to for me to like feel good I wanted to to me it was going to be more of an eye test feel I do think if you just take out you know that 5 minute stretch which was awful and and it's been one of their problems all year is finishing games. And so I, I'm not just like setting that to the side entirely. But if you just look at, you know, when the guys have been on the floor, how have they played, they're passing the eye test to me. And I felt like more so this 11-game stretch was going to be kind of an eye test. And so far, I, I think that they are passing the eye test. Yeah. No, I mean, they, 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 they should have won the Philly game. Last five minutes, last five, take out the last five minutes. They led that basically, they, they led that whole Philly. They led the entire game on the road against a full strength Philly team that is, you know, very clearly a contender in the East. And then they went out and dominated Denver uh, uh, over the weekend. So, uh, I test wise, it does, you know, like, and even if you go back, they've now won four of six. You know, after that yeah. eight of nine, losing eight of nine, like things are trending in the right direction again. And I think one of the things Taylor Jenkins said after the game the other night, he, he said um, among the things he, he said, um, I'm not worried about statements. I'm worried about just going out there, playing our best basketball, trying to play our best basketball, putting in the best work possible and find the best version of yourself. And then he warned us, Jeffrey. Quote, you're probably going to hear me say that for the next two or three weeks. <laughs> like, I mean, he's just going to repeat that over and over again. Don't you think, though, he that kind of them to find the best version of themselves? Don't you think, though, that kind of lines up with, you know, when we're saying, like, what do you want to see? Like, to me, it's basically saying, like, I want to see us pass the eye test. Yeah. Yeah. No, and, and it was funny because when, it, you know, different guys were being asked, you know, like, Ja said, not a, you know, you could tell Ja is in full, like, I don't want to create a quote mode. Like he's sure. definitely in that mode at right now. And I, as if I was like someone with rooting interest in the team, I would say like, thank you, Jot. As someone who covers the team, I'm like, all right. But like, I, I accept it. It's, I think it is actually what is best for the team right now is him like not creating some sort of bulletin board material at this point. Um, but then you had Jaron. Jaron did. Jaron did say he thought it was a. You could definitely say it was a statement game. Um, and then um, I thought Luke Kennard um, had the most telling statement here after the game because he kind of gave an indication of what the vibe was in the locker room, and he said, um, "Quote: Everybody was saying we needed this one and to come up with it, and we did." Um, so. Uh, and they certainly played like that, I thought. Yeah. Like, I think they, they, they placed some emphasis on it. Um, they knew they were playing the best team in the West, and they looked like it. Um, so, here we are. And, it, it, you know, it, 
you know, if they had lost that game, we'd be coming in here today. They'd only be a game up on Sacramento for second place. Um, it would feel, I, I think it would feel, you know, it would feel as perilous as it's felt in a long time if they had lost that game, just based on, you know, the fact that they've comfortably been in second for a while now. Um, so that was, that was good. And then, you know, I think it helped that, you know, Denver looks like it's, you know, it, it has to figure, or excuse me, Dallas looks like it still has to figure out things with Luca and, and Kyrie. Phoenix still hasn't gotten Kevin Durant back, and they lost a game over the weekend. And you're going, man, are they really going to win? Go, are they really going to go win the West, Phoenix, when Kevin Durant plays? what, 20 games for them? Well, and do you think he's going to play, like, once he comes back, do you think he's playing the rest? If they're trying to ramp him back up, that doesn't suggest to me that he's just going to play all 20. You know, that would be a very, um, I'm not saying it's impossible with that type of, those those players, those top 10 players, but it would certainly be unlikely, you know? Like, if it hadn't happened, I, I can't remember any sort of scenario like that in the past where a team came to, you know, basically brought in its best player with 20 games to go, and and then and it ended up working that year. Um, but uh, so, um, I, you know, now at the same time, it does, you know, Golden State won again, uh, and, they, you know, and it looks like, you, you, know what's in, you know what's been interesting about Golden State is, I mean, Clay Thompson is looking a lot like Clay Thompson again. Um, like... Uh, like pre-injury Clay Thompson. Um, like they beat Minnesota last night. I watched part of that game. Um, they beat they beat Minnesota last night without Steph and without Draymond, and it was because Clay was great in that game. Yeah, the thing that's that's interesting to me on how it plays out. If you look at remaining strength of schedule, the Grizzlies have 23 games remaining against the worst win percentage for opponents the rest of the way. But part of that is, well, some of the teams that they're playing, yeah, they're sub 500, but they're like ramping up and they're trying to play because that was another thing that stood out to me this weekend. Denver aside, I did feel like the intensity of the NBA games picked up this weekend. Yeah, I think you could tell. The the, the post all coming out of the all-star break, yet guys are playing harder. Um, it definitely, it definitely feels like that. I can't give you any sort of scientific, uh, no, it's just like when you, when you were watching the games this weekend and even to a certain degree last week, you know, during right when it came back, like, you know, that, I think that Philly game at times felt like a playoff game. That crowd was super into it. Like that, that was an intense game. Yeah. And now, you know, here we are, we're hopefully less than a week away from, uh, maybe a week away from Steven Adams coming back. So um, things are shaping up. Yeah, I don't know. I don't want to say nicely, but it, it, it feels like the Grizzlies. It, I, I don't know. I don't know if it's going to be. I, I think we're going to enter the playoffs feeling sort of the way I feel right now. And I think the way you feel right now is how we're, I don't think the next 23 games, even if let's say Sacramento were overtake them for second, I don't think this feeling is going to change. I think, I think the Grizzlies could go to the Western Conference Finals. I also think they could lose in the first round this year. Like that, and I don't think that's gonna. I don't think the next twenty-three games are gonna change that feeling. Yeah, I think that's fair, and I, I think though you can say that for the only I think team you can in the say that for basically everyone in the West. The only team that it would surprise me if they lost in the first round. I would be surprised if Denver lost a first-round series as the one at home. Just based on who they're probably going to play. And, you know, it's Denver's historically been a tough place to play. Like, they're going to have home court advantage. I would be surprised if they got bounced in the first well, round. It depends. Like, if Golden State's the eighth seed, well, I wouldn't be surprised if Golden State beat Denver in the first round. You know, it's, to me, it's like, if the Lakers were the eighth seed, I wouldn't be surprised if the Lakers took out um, Denver in the first yeah, round. Yeah, I guess the way that I'm looking at it is when you look at when you look at teams this year – the the difference between the teams that are separating themselves, the teams like Boston, Milwaukee, Denver, it's been their road record. Everybody's been pretty good at home. And so to me, 
I really do think like we're going to get back to where home court like home court really is going to matter in the playoffs. I think this year. Interesting. Yeah, I just think I just think like one through eight in the West. There's not much of a difference between the teams. No, I mean the reason why Denver is at the top of the West is because they've been more consistent on the road and they've they've been like one of the best teams at home. But like they're basically you know like they're they're a game. I think they're two games in the loss column better than the Grizzlies at home, and then they're you know four or five games. Or in the road record, I think they're now like seven or eight games better. But like you know what I mean? Like it's just it's been the big splits. Yeah. All right. I got an overreaction for the Tigers. All right. Let's hear it. That game against Cincinnati, those forty minutes showed you why this team could go on a postseason run, and in the midst of those forty minutes particularly the last five, it showed you why they might not be able to go off, go on a postseason run. <laughs> like, I, I, I thought for about 30, 35 minutes there, I was ready to write the column of, like, man, Memphis is hitting their stride right when teams want to hit their stride. And then obviously they had to kind of hang on for dear life at the end of the game. And I think both things showed you um, – in both instances showed you why that's the case, like why they looked like they were rolling for a second and then also why they had to hang on for dear life. Um, You know, the first, you know, when they, when they built that big lead, when they built the, when they built the big lead in the first half, um, you saw it was, it was, it was three facets. It was, Kendrick and DeAndre, like it always is. Yep. And then it was that pressure defense of theirs. Yeah, forcing which, turnovers and turning them into like points immediately. Which I think when we when we I've said this before, but I, I think it's it's worth repeating and emphasizing when you get into those short preparation uh, situations, particularly against teams that have never seen Memphis before in the NCAA tournament. I think the way Penny Hardaway plays pressure defense is really hard to prepare for and really hard to get used to uh, in a short preparation situation. And I think it's going to really, it could really benefit Memphis. Now, at the same time, part of the reason you saw them struggle late against Cincinnati, and I think it's, you know, among the reasons why they lost to Tulane. It's a, you know, and um, UCF earlier and Seton Hall even early in the year is because they rely so much on Kendrick and DeAndre. And those two guys, particularly on like key possessions, like it's their natural instinct to like go into ISO, you know, like to, you know, because, you know, ultimately like Kendrick Davis feels like he can take just about anyone. And DeAndre Williams especially when it comes to AAC competition, feels like he can take about just about take on just about anyone. But when it doesn't work, when they're not scoring in those slow-down ISO situations, it exacerbates the fact that you take out the pressure defense as a, as a half-court defense, as an overall defense. You know, we've talked about it. This is one of Penny Hardaway's weaker defenses. Um, and so I think you saw all of that in the Cincinnati game, like the, the way they they got out to the lead and how good they looked doing it. And then the way they kind of fumbled the lead away there late, um, when Kendrick and Deandre didn't convert on a few key possessions and then boom, Cincinnati comes down the floor, gets an open three. Um, and, uh, so it was both, I think it, it both provided, you know, uh, I guess I would say uh, sort of a vision of a vision of how they could go to the Sweet 16, and also a vision of how well they could like you know lose their first game in in whatever tournament they play AAC tournament you know NCAA tournament what have you, um, and I think that it's going to be fascinating to see what uh, what ultimately prevails, if you will. Yeah, I continue to be impressed by this team's will to win. Because on the one hand to what you're speaking about, I think it's a function of this isn't Penny's most talented roster. Like even forget the first team when he was largely coaching Tubby's roster. For like Mm -hmm. set that aside, this is clearly not the most talented roster. But 
there's so many, you know, you watch so much college basketball this weekend. Look at how many teams got into the situation that Memphis did and kind of fumbled it away. And I yeah. even think back to the UCF game when Kendrick gets hurt. And that game, I feel like that's a game that 90% of college basketball teams just find a way to lose. It kind of felt like you had the makings of it on Sunday, and yet they were able to make enough plays. They hit the free throws. And to me, like, it was it was making yeah, DeAndre a— DeAndre comes up with the block. Yeah. You know? They, they make they, enough they winning plays because, like, I don't know, like, I don't feel like they let the, the circumstances get them down. No, no, um, you're right. And, uh, no, they, they made ju- they made just enough plays to pull it out, and that's all that – I mean, like, I think Kendrick is ultimately right, and that, that's all that really matters. No one's going to remember, you know, a week – even, like, two weeks from now, like, oh, they nearly fumbled that Cincinnati game away. No, nope, they're just going to remember they won it, you know. They, they, and even they, the UCF they, game, like, you know what I mean? Like, they could have fumbled that one away easily. If anything, yeah. if anything, what we're going to remember from that game is, well – Demario Franklin hit the game-winning basket and has played well ever since. Yeah, like, that's what I remember from that game. No, I, I think that's fair. I mean, to me, like that is what—that's what really sets up. If you can take care of business on Thursday against SMU, I, I know, I know people point out, well, this is the same setup as last year. You know, you can beat Houston, feel like you're going in. I think though, this has the makings on Sunday to be an all-time you know, end of the season home game moment because the number one team's coming to town. And to yeah. knock off number Never one, yeah, knock off number one at home, like that mm-hmm. that has a chance to be a really special day. Yeah. Well, I would say this. This is my overreaction. Win on Thursday at SMU, you're in the NCAA tournament. I'm, go- I'm going there. Like I said it, I said it a couple weeks ago when we got to this stretch. If they go, they win the next three they're in, and I'm sticking to it. If they beat SMU – on Thursday, they're going to the NCAA tournament. Whether they, even if they lose the next two games, even if they were to lose to Houston and then lose in the quarterfinals of the AAC tournament, I guess there is a scenario where if they lost to like Tulsa or ECU, you know, in that eight quarterfinal game, I guess. But I still think I think they went. They avoid if they avoid a what would be a bad loss to a bad SMU team on Thursday, I, I think they're in. I don't think they need to do anything else. Not to say they won't, but that's, that's where I'm at. I, I really feel like if you look at their resume, like I think Penny has a good point. Like Penny said after the game yesterday, uh, we're not ever going to be content, but our resume is good enough to be in. I'm looking around the country, and I feel like what we've done, it's not even close. And we've talked about it a little bit. I sort of feel the same way, but just to make sure you don't have, enough, you know, like ultimately they have one quad three loss on their resume right now, but it's a loss to the second place team in the league. When you really look closely, it's not a bad loss. Um, losing at SMU would be a horrible loss, not just a bad loss, because that's a bad, you know, they're 10 and 19, I think, this year, SMU. Yeah. Um, so. I think if you avoid a loss there, and I, you know, it's it's Kendrick's return game to SMU. I find it hard to believe he's losing that game. Um, and I go back to what um, I go back to what uh, I, I know one of the assistants at SMU from from way back when, and he told me after that first time they played SMU, but like essentially, like uh, half that roster is still kind of in awe of Kendrick Davis. Yeah, and like. Big Brother isn't going to lose that game. You know what I mean? Like, that's, I just don't see that happening. I don't know. I just I think for them to lose that game, they have to basically not show up. You know, I mean... I, when I, has this team not shown up? That's that's the like, thing. Like, when has this team not shown up? They've lost games. You've never gone, well, it's because they didn't show up. Yeah. I mean, to me, like, that's the, that's the bigger thing. I'm now at the point where it's almost like... I would almost be surprised if they don't make it to Saturday of the conference tournament at the minimum. Yeah. Well, right now it would set up if, well, it, it, there, there is an interesting caveat of right now they are, they are in second place in the AAC standings, but if they were to lose to Sunday, uh, they, they lose the tiebreaker to, they yeah, lose the tiebreaker. Tulane wins its last two games. Um, they the last three. three. So, you know, they have to play EC, they have the makeup. So they have to play ECU twice this week. Gotcha. They play okay, Wednesday. So they play Wednesday in Greenville, 
and then they host on Friday, and then they'll host uh, Temple on Sunday to close the year. Gotcha. Okay, so they got three games this week. Correct. Um, Memphis is Mem- one up in the loss column, but they Memphis has two to play. Tulane has three. Gotcha. Because um, I believe it would set up right now, if you're the two seed, you play UCF. UCF would be the seven seed, and so that's who you would potentially be lined up with. Well, UCF in the net is still like a top 75 team, even though they've really faltered here in conference play. Um, so, like, even if you were to lose to them in the conference, it's not like a bad – according to the metrics, it's not really a bad loss. Um, like, to me, the only, like, you know, the disaster losses would be, like, USF, SMU, or ECU. Like, so losing a game Tulsa, to one of yeah, them. Yeah, if somehow Tulsa found a way, yeah. But, like – We've talked about it. Like, do we really? If they beat SMU, lose to Houston, then lose, they were to lose to like, let's say ECU in the quarterfinal. You really think the committee would keep them out for losing to ECU in the AAC quarterfinals? It might send them to Dayton, but like, I don't. I'm not buying that it's keeping them out. I mean, typically, what we've seen is most of the bracket work is done before conference tournaments start. Yeah. So. Um, it's a uh, good – listen, I think they're going to take – it's not going to be in doubt. They might not beat Houston. I also don't think when we get to Selection Sunday we're going to be going, are they in, are they not, are they in, are they – I think we're going to be going, they're in. What Where are they, are they going? Gonna yeah. Yeah. So, good stuff from the Tigers. All right, we will continue the conversation with Munns when he joins the program next segment. Mark will rejoin us during hour number two. Stick around. You're listening to Gene Otto and Jeffrey, 92.9 FM. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink... What you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever. Or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from progressive it works just the way it sounds you tell progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust progressive progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law SPN. Giannato and Jeffrey broadcast live from the Red River Toyota Studios. Check out Red River Toyota in Wynn, Arkansas. This hour of G&J is brought to you by the Next Generation 10G Network, only from Xfinity. The Giannato and Jeffrey Show on 92.9 FM ESPN. Attention BetMGM customers. Have a friend who loves sports as much as you do? Here's a chance for both of you to earn a $50 bonus when they sign up through BetMGM's Refer a Friend program. Just sign into your BetMGM account and click on the Refer a Friend program to send your friend a message inviting them to register a new account in the same state that you use BetMGM in. Once your friend signs up and makes a deposit, they'll receive a $50 bonus. And once your friend places a bet with their bonus and the wager settled, you'll receive a $50 bonus as well. Share the excitement of BetMGM and get a $50 bonus. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. You must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Tennessee only. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets. Bonus bets expire in 30 days. For problem gambling support, call the Tennessee Red Line. 1-800-889-9789. Jason Munz joins us each and every Monday on the program. Tiger basketball beat writer for the Commercial Appeal. He's on Twitter at Munzley. Munz, what are we listening to? Bare Naked Ladies, Jeffrey. This is Odds Are off of their fantastic album, Grinning Streak. Is that 2017? 
No, it's, it, it, I, I thought so, too. And uh, it's closer to, like, 2011, 2012. It's, it's a little oh, my God. Wow. Uh, that's after they yeah, kicked Steve out of the band, right? Uh, that is correct. Yeah, that's after. But is, he reunited with them, like, well, I guess when they got nominated or whatever, they got into, like, the Canada Music Hall of Fame. But it, he's not really back back, is he? That sounds right. I, I honestly, um, it was like that was like the last B and L album yeah. that I uh, kind of was like still in like you know heavy rotation with. So like, yeah, it was like it was like that ninety five, ninety four, ninety five to whatever that was, and then ever since then it's just kind of been faded to the background a little bit. I just feel like every Bare Naked Ladies song like is on a Scrubs a Scrubs episode. Like they feel like the band <laughs> of Scrubs to me. I know, yeah. I mean, but like you know what's interesting, I I I sort of got a whole different appreciation for them when one time I read an interview, a Paul McCartney interview one time, and the uh, the reporter, the interviewer was asking like um for like, like who does he like in terms of yeah. like current, you know, contemporary bands. And he, he like kind of went for a long time, uh, about bare naked ladies. And I was like, wow, well, if it's good enough for, for Sir Paul, then, uh, who am I to judge? Then maybe, yeah, maybe time for a better, closer look. How would you summarize last week for the Tigers? <sighs> well, um, good. I mean, two and oh. Um, you know, on the road, they go and get, they go and gut out a, a win against Wichita state, um, at home, they had to stave off a, uh, serious rally slash five minutes of ugly basketball on their part in order to win, um, to beat Cincinnati. And I mean, listen, Cincinnati's won 19 games this year. Yeah. Wichita State just went into New Orleans and beat Tulane. Um, you know, like Tulane still has a lot to play for and they were at home and could not, uh, handle, uh, Craig Porter Jr. Who had a triple double, um, couldn't handle Jerron Pierre Jr. The Southern Miss transfer who went for 30 against Tulane. Um, couldn't handle James Rojas, who gave Memphis 19 points, tied a career high to give Memphis 19 points. He puts up 22 against Tulane on the road. I mean, I mean, yeah, like we all know the American from a metrics standpoint, from a respect standpoint, it just, it, it's not, it's, it's not, you know, it's not good, but, um, there are landmines like, Absolutely, there are landmines uh, all throughout this, uh, all throughout conference play. And Memphis um, did, a, I thought, did a good job of doing what they needed to do. That's and that's all. I mean, like that's all that matters. I mean, uh, style points don't count. I mean, you know, I mean, like kind of they do in the net. Like the more you win by, the more, you know, the, the the more weight it it you get in the net. But like at this point, I, I don't think the net. I don't think Memphis needs the net at this point. I think they're in. They, they've won 22 games, and they still got two left in the regular season. And I, I think uh, I think it would take, you know, a disastrous finish for them to miss the NCAA tournament. So Joe Lenardi comes out with not he didn't update the bracketology page, but you know he sent out his press release, and this happened yeah. right as you got on the phone. And Memphis is currently listed as the number two team in the last four buys, which is basically where they've been, it feels like, for the last two or three weeks. Mark yep. believes if they win Thursday that they're in. Mark is also, speaking of uh, bringing back debates from 2011, Mark going after bracketologists online, that feels very much like a 2011 thing to do. Um, I'm very proud of him for doing that, for bringing that back into the public yeah. consciousness. Because I, I thought know. we'd kind of yeah. settled that debate, but no, uh, let's bring it back. How strongly do you feel about their position right now? Because I think they're clearly on the right side. I still am hesitant only in the sense of I think it's a conference problem and not Memphis's problem. I'm still a little worried if they leave it up to the judges if they don't win Thursday. But I do think if, I think if they can get Thursday, I think they're going to be on the right side at least. 
Yeah, and I think I think that's true. I think all that's true. I think winning Thursday pretty much, uh, you know, like it, 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 you're going to go in with a lot of confidence to Selection Sunday if you win Thursday, and 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 the confidence even goes up if you if you win your first game at the at the conference tournament next week. Um, that to me, it's it's. I will feel very strongly about Memphis's chances if they win Thursday at SMU. I'll feel even better if they, I mean, obviously winning against Houston would, would obviously lock it up. No questions asked, but like if they somehow lose to Houston on Sunday at home with a healthier Kendrick Davis with, with Kendrick Davis on the floor, um, if that, if they somehow lose that game, then, then I would think that you, you know, like, if you if let's say you're one and done at the conference tournament next next week, you know then you might then it might feel a bit shaky. But um, so let's say they, they they lose to Houston on Sunday. If they win Thursday against SMU and they win their first game at the conference tournament, then I think I think they're on the right side. And honestly, I mean, I'm you want to do as best you can, but also we're getting to a point where. If they do, if they take care of the business they're supposed to take care of, and then they happen to, let's say they beat Houston on Sunday at home, let's say they get to the championship game, maybe they even win the championship game, uh, no matter who it's against. Does that take them from a more favorable matchup as an 11 seed, a 10 seed, or an 11 seed, to a less favorable matchup as an eight or a nine seed? You know what I mean? Like, are we kind of getting into that territory where it's almost like, where it's almost like we'd rather, you know, I think most people would rather be a 10 or 11 as opposed to an eight or a nine. I mean, at, at, at least as a 10 or 11, you, you're not matched up with a one uh, potentially. So I think, I, mean, I think the question where... then becomes is, is the goal to get to the second weekend or is the goal to win a game? That's where I think, that's where I think seating matters. Eight, nine, yeah, well, like, you know what I mean? Like that. Yeah. If it, if the goal is to win a game, that's great. That does mean you have to play the number one seed. That makes the task of getting to the second weekend very, very difficult. The right. thing, you know, my thing is like, can you tell me? Can you tell me who they're going to be matched up against? If they're going to be matched up against the Mountain West team, I feel pretty good. Pretty good about the Tigers. You know what I mean? Like, I think I think the big problem is it's like. Is that six seed Miami or is that six seed, you know, San Diego State? Well, then, yeah, give me the eleven if it's San Diego State. Right, right, or yeah, like, but yeah, like if it's Miami or TCU or something like that. Right, then, then I'm feeling less. Then, yeah, if it's one of the Big Twelve teams, yeah, I don't feel great. Right, but and and this is this is an argument that only we have, like For only sure. us and fans. Um, I think I think inside the walls of the Lori Walton. Family Basketball Center. They're they're strictly focused on um, you know winning the game that is that they're that they're going to play the games that they're going to play and let the chips fall after that. And um, but no, I, going back to the original point, I, I do think that a win Thursday at SMU virtually locks it up. I, I'll just put it that way. I, I I think it virtually locks it up, and you're going to go into Selection Sunday. Um, feeling really, really good about your chances. I feel like last week gave the Tigers multiple paths now because now you have a situation where if they win Thursday and then just get to Saturday in the conference tournament, I feel pretty good. I'm still, like, of all the things, of all the questions with, you know, bracketologists and whatnot, the one that we don't seem to have the most clarity on is what is the value of the conference tournament? Because if the last few years serve as a reference, well, the conference tournament has not really mattered much unless you just win the thing. They, they've kind of been viewing right. it as this was an opportunity if you stub your toe during the year to right the wrongs. But we're not going to just ignore the 30-some-odd games that you played during, during the regular season. I think it now presents the situation where you win, if you win on Sunday, like, I think you basically removed all doubt. Like I think Sunday could be... You know, you won't get a you won't get the bracket or whatnot, but I think you punch your ticket on Sunday, and then I think you know it creates a situation where if you just get to Sunday, I think Sunday in the conference tournament. Now you've given yourself another opportunity. To me, last week gave them 
for the first time in a while, it gave him a little bit of wiggle room. No, for sure. But I will say, I, I think that the conference tournament, I think overall conference tournaments, uh, they matter most, obviously, to one-bid conferences. For sure. Um, now, of course, or, or you know, like, let's say... Our beloved uh, Conference some, USA tournament, which is one of my favorites of the year, the split gym uh, in Frisco, oh, yeah. that's going to matter yeah. much more than what happens what happens in, our, uh, in you know, uh, in Fort Worth. Yes, for sure. Now, that being said, I do think there is still a little bit um, more like weight to the conference tournament for bubble teams. Um, and, and like, you know, as we sit here today, Memphis is still a bubble team. Like if, if, if they go to Fort Worth and they are one and done, well, then they're going to be nervous on selection Sunday. But if they, you know, go there and win two games and heck, maybe they even win three games. Maybe, maybe one of those three wins is over, is over Houston. Um, well then I still think that that, 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 uh, matters to, Memphis, because I mean, shoot, if they if they beat Houston this Sunday, and then let's say they get to the conference tournament and they win it and they win it over Houston, well, that's two wins over the number one, number two, number three team in the country, whatever they are. I mean, that has to affect their seating, does it not? Like, I mean that that has to. Yeah, to to matter. your point, for bubble teams, what I think it is is it gives an. It, Bubble teams need resume lines, and so it provides yeah. another example of a resume line. I think for me, the way that I kind of look at it is, they're now going to have, they're going to have a couple of shots, and I think if they can win, if they win, if they win Thursday, here's why I actually think Thursday is important. I know that if if Tulane goes three and zero this week. And Memphis goes one and one. Tulane gets the number two seed, but in the standings, Memphis still finishes second in the league. And I think oftentimes for committee members, what matters is all right. That was you know I know Tulane got them twice, but they were they were the second best team. Look at what they did non conference. They've got the resume. I still think this this league is going. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 